Welcome to Legacy City Church. It's going to be a good night tonight. We're going to have a good time. You know, it's, it's my heartbeat that when we get ready to step into a time of worship, it's just, I don't know if it's the dad in me or what, but it's my heart that everyone is able to step in together. And I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but sometimes, sometimes there's things in our thinking that keeps us from approaching the throne of grace. Did you know it's actually a throne of grace? The Word of God says, come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in your time of need. It's not a throne of judgment. It's not a throne of condemnation. Jesus has taken care of that. Jesus went to the cross to make a way for you and I to become the sons and daughters of God, to be holy, to be made blameless, spotless, holy, dearly loved children of God. So, again, you know, it's my heart that we all step in together. So I just have a little word of encouragement here if I can get it pulled up real fast on my phone. Don't worry, this is not going to be a preach. I always tell our people that. I'm not going to preach. I promise. Then I wink, wink. <laughs> oh, man. I'm excited. This is going to be a good night. So in the Bible, when we read about kings in the Old Testament, do you guys know what the initial sign is when somebody was declared king? They were anointed with oil. 1 Samuel 16 gives us a quick little snapshot of that. It says, so he sent and brought him in, talking of David. Now, he was Rudy. Is it Rudy? Ready? Ready? Okay. See, I don't know. I won't make comments about being a high school dropout, even though I just did. He was ready with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance, kind of like your pastor. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Like my son. No. And the Lord said, arise anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. When someone is anointed king, they are anointed as king. Without that anointing, they don't become a king. 1 John 1.12 says, To all who have received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them, that's you and I, right? Did you receive him? You believe in his name? To those who received him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right. The word right in the Greek is exousia. He gave them the right, which means regal or royal authority. The right to become the children of God. You and I have been given royal authority or regal authority upon faith in Christ. We have received royalty. We have received an anointing. So that's 1 John 1.12. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings. Did you know the Bible says that you are a priest who is a king? If you're a king, then that means you've received an anointing. You've received an anointing. And according to 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, John said that the anointing that you received, it remains. Why don't you guys stand up? I want to break off a lie before we worship tonight. 
if you're in this room tonight and you feel like, yeah, I came to know Jesus, I, I walked with him in a really close, intimate way at one time, but I've kind of grown cold. I've kind of, I've kind of wandered from being in an intimate relationship with him. I kind of question if the Holy Spirit is even in my life or on my life. I just want you to hear this word. I want to break off this lie that the anointing has, has left. 1 John 2.27 says, The anointing you received remains. The anointing you received remains. You are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He claims you as his very own. I want you guys just to, to imagine right now, you're in this room just by yourself. No one next to you, not a room full of people. It's just you and Jesus right now. He wants to lock eyes with you. He wants you to know how much he loves you and values you. You were worth so much to him that he sent his one and only son into this world to become a human being, to die on a cross to take your sin debt and mine upon himself. That's the extent of his love and his value for you and me. He loves you, and he wants to interact with you. He wants you to draw close to him, and he promises he will draw close to you. Why don't we start this evening out with this? Why don't you guys do this? Can you just put a hand on the shoulder of the person next to you? If it's easier to lock hands, you could do that. You know, down in Reading, they say, this is a good way to get a date. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but, but we're not going to do that. I just want you guys together with, with all of us together, let's, let's make a declaration over ourselves and over one another. Can we do that? Let's read the scripture from Revelation chapter 1 together, and then we're going to launch into worship. So let's read this out loud together. May the kindness of God's grace and peace overflow to you from him who is and who was and who is coming, and from the seven spirits who are in front of his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead, and the ruling king who rules over the kings of the earth. Now to the one who constantly loves us, has loosed us from our sins by his blood. And to the one who has appointed us as a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion throughout the eternity of eternities. Amen. All right. So, Lord, we thank you. We bless you tonight. We worship you. Just lift up your voices, guys. Lift up your voices. Give him praise. Draw close to him, and he will draw near to you. We love you, Jesus. We worship you in this place. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, Lamb of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm, Lord is so good. You're so good, Lord. We love your presence. 
This is our first ministry in life, Lord. It's to minister worship to you. All eternity will be around your throne, pouring out our love, pouring out our adoration. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence tonight, Lord. Thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people, that you are enthroned on the praises of your people. And in your presence, things that are broken are made whole. The weak become strong. The sick become healed. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your kingdom and your dominion. Your kingdom has no end, Lord Jesus. Of the increase of your kingdom, there shall be no end. And we just continue to pull on heaven tonight. We pull on heaven with our worship, with our praise, with our anticipation of more, of more of you, more of what you want to do. This is your time tonight, Lord. We just consecrate this evening to you, Jesus. We just say, come and have your way in this place tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. The codes are signaling in the room. We're good. presence of God. We're going to release Jeff and his team to come minister. But before we do that, I want to take just one minute, one minute. I think Jeff's got grace for one minute. He got grace for one minute. I just was feeling all night while we were worshiping that there's some, maybe many in the room that are struggling with an issue of the heart whether that's your physical heart, heart condition, or maybe you have a broken heart. God gave us a word years ago that he's calling us to heal hearts. And we've seen miracles of the heart take place multiple times. So we're just going to do this now. I believe that God was touching people in the room tonight as we're worshiping. You don't even, sometimes you don't even have to have hands laid on you. He just comes because he's that good. The Lord is good. Just declare it with me. Lord, you're good. You are good. You are so good. Your love endures forever. You're so good. If you have a a healing need in your heart tonight, you don't have to specify if it's broken heart or, or a pain in your heart from a relational issue or an actual physical condition of the heart. But if that's you, I'm going to invite you to stand right where you're at And that's as far as I'll ask you to go. Just stand right where you're at. Awesome. 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 Okay. Yeah, don't be shy. Okay. Those of you around them, you know what to do. Kids, young people, get your hands on these people. We're just going to pray for you. We're going to believe. I believe that God is going to heal your heart tonight, whatever the issue is. So we just put our hands on them now. And those of you who are sitting around, 
hands on. Just extend your hands towards these. These are your brothers and sisters that the Lord loves with an everlasting love. He loves you with an everlasting love, an undying love. He paid a price on the cross for your healing. The price has been paid. And we pull on heaven tonight. We release that which he has paid for in advance. Jesus, we declare healing in your name tonight. Father, we say, let the presence of God, let the presence of your spirit go deep into the heart tonight, deep into the heart, deep into the arteries, deep into the walls of the hearts, deep into each chamber. We just speak life in the name of Jesus. We declare life and healing to the valves in Jesus' name. We say, kingdom of God, come now and have your perfect will complete in these hearts of your sons and daughters in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord alright just say we bless you in the name of Jesus Yeah, we bless you in the name of Jesus hey you know at the end of the evening we're going to make more room for healing this is a house of healing I believe the body of Christ, any house where the body of Christ gathers is a place of healing. It's a house of healing because Jesus is in the room and everywhere Jesus went, he healed all. Randy Clark says healing is central to the gospel, not peripheral, central. So we believe in the healing power of Jesus and we believe that he's touched your heart tonight. He's touching your bodies. Even throughout the rest of the meeting tonight, God is moving, he's working. He's, he's released angels on assignment to come and minister life and grace to the saints. So, with that said, yeah, I would like to ask Jeff and his team to stand up. These guys came from Longview and the surrounding region. We just honor, we honor you guys. Yeah. We're so, so happy that you guys are here. We're happy that you're here to just to release and impart what the good stuff God's been doing in your lives and what he's going to do through you tonight to speak to people. So we just want to bless that. And uh, I'm going to invite Jeff and however you want to run with the meeting tonight, it's all yours now. I'm going to go back there and work my magic. I don't know if you, you don't have to tell them what happened. So. You got it. Testing. Yep. Good. I'll, I'll need that for the students. Okay. Good evening. Oh, you're going to need this. I, I won't know what to do with that. So. Good evening. You doing okay? Good, good, good. Hey, uh, my name is Jeff McCracken. I'm the uh, senior pastor at Rainier Assembly of God in Rainier, Oregon. And uh, we've been senior pastors for about, I think it'll be 15 years, the 14 years, I think, last a month ago, something like that. Anyway, it's a long time. And uh, this is my beautiful bride back here, Roxanne. We've been, October, she will celebrate 30 years of being married to me. <laughs> Not if I keep talking like that. Um, we will celebrate 30 years of, of mostly blissful marriage. And um, anyway, uh, it's funny that um, Scott mentioned Randy Clark. Roxanne is uh, in two weeks going to be uh, 
graduating from Randy Clark's school uh, with a degree in deliverance. And uh, yeah, she's doing really great. Straight A's, she's amazing. And then uh, right back here, if you'll stand up, honey, is our daughter, Abby. Um, we, we have three children. This is the youngest. She says the favorite. Anyway, um, and uh, she uh, is on our staff. She heads up evangelism and young adults, and she recently took on youth because our youth pastor left. So, um, so she's doing all kinds of stuff. She travels all over the world uh, doing ministry and doing evangelism. She's been ministering at conferences around the Northwest lately. She's really doing a great job. She has some crazy testimonies. Uh, when she was uh, with YWAM down in Mexico, led a uh, witch doctor to Jesus, um, led some cartel members to Jesus, uh, saw some radical healings, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but it's not just been Mexico. They took a team of 14 to uh, Europe this last summer, and she was just in Israel uh, doing evangelism there where somebody tried to stab her, and Holy Spirit, for real, um, and Holy Spirit protected her. And, uh, but she has some just crazy testimonies. I've been telling Scott and Tammy they need to have her come up and speak sometime. But anyway, um, and then we have, uh, I think, seven, Roxanne's County, seven students from our school. We have the Northwest School of Supernatural Ministry. Um, we started that about eight, nine years ago, somewhere in there. And uh, we have third year, second year, and first year students with us tonight. Um, we have about 25 total in the school. Uh, but only seven were able to come with us tonight. In just a minute, I'll be having them come up. We also have uh, the Lower Columbia Healing Rooms, uh, and we have a bunch of other stuff that we do too. So, um, But God is on the move, and we're really excited to be a part of that. And so uh, students and Abby and uh, Roxanne, it's up to you if you want to come. Um, why don't you guys come on up here? And I want you to give them a hand as they come. And I don't want to walk in front of these speakers because that causes problems. Come on across, you know. We don't want the building tip over, um, spread out. Okay, so what they're going to do is uh, they're going to uh, get prophetic words um, for you. And we'll just have them, just guys, for the sake of time, we'll just do one, uh, one person. You can call out one person. Have them stand up. Uh, have them give their name and then uh, go ahead and minister to them, and then I'll minister on the back end of that. And then at the end of the service tonight, um, we'll allow everybody to come up to be able to receive prophetic words. But uh, for the sake of time tonight, um, we'll just, we'll, each of you can do one student, or one, one person, okay? So, and Tammy and Andy actually are elders in our church. Um, Tammy's our worship leader, Andy's our sound man. And Tammy, you're probably the most prophetic up here, so, um, or one of the most prophetic up here, so you probably already have something. Okay, so I'm going to give you the mic first. Watch that speaker. I know you're used to doing all that, but anyway. Okay. Cover up my husband, but um, this gentleman with wonderful hairdo like my pastor. The handsome guy. The handsome, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, What's you, your, you can just, you can, stay, you can right just stay right there. That's fine. What's your name? Oh, Lancer? Tammy, let me interrupt for one second. I apologize. This is on me. Um, if you have a phone with a voice recorder on it, I'd really encourage you to take that out and record. You're recording as well? Everything on the microphone is recorded. Perfect. Later, if you get a personal prophetic word, have your phone ready. Yes, 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 yes. Thanks, Scott. Okay, so Lancer. So I just, um, I don't know if you work with your hands, do some kind of trade. 
So I seen that the Lord is going to bless the work of your hands, but not just in the job that you do. He said you have the lightest touch mm -hmm. so that whatever you touch will turn to gold. Come on. And that this is a year of abundance over your life. Yes. And there has been year of struggle, years past of struggle, but the Lord says that this is a year of abundance and that you're going to see it not only in, in finances and the things that you do, but everything that you set your hand to do in family, in ministry, in life. The Lord said, this is your year of abundance. So I just bless you with that in Jesus' name. Thank you. And go ahead and stay standing. Um, the Lord was also speaking to me about, um, you have, uh, and I don't know if this is something that's always been on you or it's coming on you now, but you have an inventor's uh, anointing on you as well. I see you creating things. Um, creating uh, uh, new like tools or new um, new things to do something with. When I say tools, that's I'm not talking necessarily about a wrench, but um, but I feel like the Lord is going to use you. We actually have a man in our church named Gordon that's an inventor, and uh, they're getting ready to start mass producing things that that uh, he and his team have created, uh, and they get their revelation about inventions. They actually, their whole company spends every Wednesday uh, in a prayer room praying and God gives them the downloads and the new ideas. I believe God's going to give you downloads. He's going to give you dreams. He's going to give you strategies of, of um, how to solve things. Um, and I want to encourage you to begin to think that way, not just for an item, but how to solve something. In fact, uh, parents, I want to encourage you instead of asking your kids what they want to be when they grow up, ask them what they want to solve when they grow up. What problem they want to solve way more important and so um, Lancer I just want to encourage you um, don't be afraid of that and the Lord's gonna um, I see five patents that the Lord is gonna give you over time it's not gonna be tomorrow but it's gonna be over time he's gonna release ideas through you um, I don't know if you're gonna be on Shark Tank or something I don't know um, but I just I see these uh, five different ideas it's gonna be at least five um, and but I see them uh, being fruitful them being blessed and, um, and don't give up easy because there will be some resistance as you take those to market, as you, you, know, as you develop them, all of those things. Um, but just trust the Lord. He's going to make a way for you. He's going to open up the doors and just trust him because he's going to give you the ideas. And um, where it's his will, it's his bill. So I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Andy? Sorry, I'm going to stand in front of you guys. I apologize. Okay, uh, the young lady in the second row there. What's your, can you stand up? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. <laughs> what, what's your name? Macy. Macy? All right, Macy. So as we were worshiping and everything, I just kept seeing the Lord um, telling me that he wants you to know that he's your protector. And so he has his hand over your heart, and so you are protected. And you're actually free to go and with abundance and boldness to go wherever he leads you because he's your protector and he's got your heart yeah i just want to add to that um i saw like an umbrella um over you uh at first and then i realized it wasn't actually an umbrella it was god's hand um and that um 
that uh, he's had a uh, protection over you. There have been some things that have tried to come against you, especially in the last about 12 to 18 months. Um, some things that have really tried to attack you and, and um, especially in the area of your heart. Um, I don't know if that's physical or spiritual, but I, I believe it's spiritual, but, um, but there's been a, a real attack against you. And the Lord says that that season is coming to an end. The enemy uh, had you targeted, but the Lord is uh, breaking that curse or breaking that, it's not a curse, that attack. Um, he's breaking that attack and um, he's not going to allow that to happen anymore. In fact, I see two angels being uh, assigned to you, one on your left, one on your right. And they're big guys. They're big, you know, buffed out angels. And, um, and they're going to be like secret service agents. And not only are they going to um, go everywhere with you, but I see them even stepping in front of the enemy um, to take the bullet, to take the, to take the attack, to take all of those things. And, and I see them really um, being with you. And there's even going to be, and this is going to sound weird, but there's even going to be times at night in your room where you're actually going to be sleeping. You're going to wake up. You're going to sense something. And it's actually your angels in your room. And I believe that there's even going to be a time where you're going to see one of your angels, um, where you're going to actually see um, not just the angel, but you're going to see the Lord's hand on you. That's two different things. Um, he, you're going to see his hand on you. And there's also, uh, in the next couple of weeks, there's a, an abundant financial blessing that's going to come to you. Um, and I don't know what that is. I feel like it's going to be like a surprise from the Lord kind of thing. But it's going uh, to be a tangible sign that that attack is over and that the Lord's hand is on you and he's blessing you and he's um, pouring his spirit out on you. But he wants to give you something tangible, like a calling card almost, to be able to show you that his hand is on you and he's blessing you and with you. Does any of that make sense to you? Okay, all right. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody else? Am I right in your way? It's you my life. So my friend here. What's your name? Jill. Jill. So you're the first one I saw when I came through the doors, and I was asking her if it was cold in there. It's going to be cold. <laughs> and I, I felt like when you walked through the doors, you took off your coat. You took a layer off, and you stepped in. And I feel like God was saying he's taking a layer off of you. He's taking something off your shoulders. If it's a burden, if it's something that's been a cloak that, has, that you've been carrying, it's okay to take that off, to cast it aside. It's okay to just to lay it down. And the other thing that I saw as I was worshiping, I closed my eyes and I saw, um, I saw flaggers. And I, all through the building, I saw these flaggers and I saw them leaping and dancing. You're one of those. You're free. And he were leaping and you were dancing and you were, um, that garment was cast aside. So I just believe that over you, that something's come off your shoulders tonight and you're dancing and you're leaping and you've got your banner and you're, you're waving it with all abandonment. Thank you, Lord. Jack and Jill went up the hill to get a pail of blessing. <laughs> I believe that, um, that uh, there's somebody that's very close to you that, I don't know if their name's Jack, but I don't even know that it's a man. In fact, I think it's a woman, but um, it's somebody that you, uh, you partner with, you pray with. Um, it's like, like your best friend kind of person. 
And, uh, and I just really feel like the Lord is about to pour out blessing and favor, um, especially in the area of intercession in your lives. Um, there's some kind of a spiritual connection between you and this other person. And the Lord is going to begin to give you dreams, give you strategies, give you prophetic words uh, over, um, over you and your friend. Uh, it's even going to be in the middle of the night. This is not a new thing for you. Three o'clock is not an unusual time for you to be awake and praying. By the way, that's the beginning of the fourth watch in the Bible. It's when the most spiritual things happen in a 24-hour period. And, um, and the Lord is going to utilize that time. So get ready because he's going to start um, waking you up even more often. But you've already uh, set a track record in that he knows he can trust you. He knows he can speak to you and through you and give strategy through you. And so he's upping the ante. He's going to give you more. He's going to give you uh, uh, greater mysteries to pray into because he knows that, um, that he can trust you and he knows that you're faithful in your prayer life. And so I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tina? Okay, um, <laughs> this is my first time. Um, so a couple weeks ago when we found out we were coming, uh, as soon as he came out of his mouth, I saw a person in my mind, which was weird for me. Um, so you right here at the blue on your shirt. Yes, 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 you. <laughs> okay, so for some reason you've been placed on my heart. Um, Ready, set, go. Okay, I'm the same way, it's right. Um, so you were put on my heart, and I just started praying for you. And I was asking the Lord, like, okay, I've seen this lady's face, and I'm like, if I get here, I'm like looking around at everybody, like, is that her, is that her? You know, and I just saw your face, and I saw that you have come to a point where there's joy. Like, you've been through a lot, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, and you've, you've, uh, I feel like the Lord is like saying that's gone and he is making a way now for you to step into the glory of him and your majesty like you are just he, you're finally realizing who you are in him and he's so powerful and he loves you so much and he just wants you to keep pressing in and keep asking for him when you have questions when you just want to dance in the rain with him dance in the rain if he just wants you to uh, he just wants to create that bond with you so strong that it, it doesn't waver so you don't go to the left or to the right ever in any of your decisions. You just know you just step in. And you got to make that prophetic step in anything you do because he'll meet you there. Okay. I just want to add to that that um, uh, the Lord was showing me that you've been really, really thirsty. When I say thirsty, I'm talking about thirsty from the Lord and that, um, that you've really been desiring to drink deeper and to drink more. And, uh, and I feel like this season, especially over the next six to nine months, is going to be um, just a time of you just getting to drink. I want to encourage you to uh, spend more time soaking, um, spend more time in prayer, spend more time just alone with him. I see even walking. I don't, I don't know where you're walking, but I see you walking. Um, and, and the Lord's just right there with you. This is going to be a really rich time. If you don't have a journal, you need to get one because the downloads and, and the... the in fact, it's also going to be a time of healing. Um, there's been uh, quite a bit that's taken place over the last, I think it's about eight to ten years, um, that, uh, that there's been quite a bit of, um, I'm just going to say stuff 
And the Lord wants to heal that stuff. And, um, and I see him just reaching in and just beginning to massage your heart and, um, and beginning to, listen, when the Lord heals, there's no scars left. And I just really feel like this next six to nine months, it's going to be marked. There's going to be at least three times where the Lord's going to um, visit you in a way that um, it's going to be almost tangible. Um, it's almost like you're going to be able to, to touch his body almost. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be very, very, very real. And so um, I just want to encourage you to, to write down as much as you can each day of what he's speaking to you, what he's um, giving you in dreams, what he's speaking to you in the nighttime, the daytime. Uh, this is going to be a really rich season. It's something you've asked for, you've desired for. And he says, I, I will not leave you hungry. I will not leave you thirsty if that's what you're asking for. And so this is going to be a great time for you. And bless you, my friend. Carolyn? Uh, yeah, the gentleman in the red hat. <laughs> you? You want to stand up? Hi. What's your name? Min? Okay. Min. Um, tonight we sang about him being worthy, but he wants you to know that you're worthy. Mm. You're deeply, deeply loved. And I saw you on a mountaintop in an as an eaglet in a nest. And you fell out of the nest and you tumbled and tumbled through the sky. And as you tumbled, you couldn't catch the wind under your wings. And you, couldn't, you just couldn't get the, the lift. Along came the father, the eagle. And he flew underneath you and caught you. So you fly on eagle's wings. You soar to higher heights. You don't stay where you've been. You're moving to higher places beyond what you've ever imagined. And I also saw him giving you a, new, a tool, some type of a tool. The tool that I had seen was one I'd seen at home before I came here. And it was a catapult. Now this catapult was used by you, but you had to have a team to help you. You couldn't do it on your own. You have to do it with other people. You can't walk on your own in this, using this tool. He placed in this tool some burning stones. And these stones were on fire. And when you shot that catapult, those stones went and hit the mark. Okay, so what you have inside will hit the mark. You have to pull the cord or whatever it is you do with a catapult. <laughs> so um, keep moving on, moving upward, catch the wind, and fly on your father's wings. That's good. And men, um, just before you sit down, um, I don't know what you do. I've never seen you before, but um, the Lord said that you're extremely intelligent, that you would like be off the Richter scale um, with your mind. Um, but there's also um, some things that your employer really trusts you with, like, um, like you have a high level of integrity, a very high level of trust, and, uh, and they trust you with amazing things. And... Um, much of what you do is behind the curtain and unseen. 
much of uh, what you do is, is not recognized and you're okay with that because you know the quality of your work, you know the, the quality of your integrity and the quality of, of what you do. And, um, and the Lord says he's going to call you even deeper and higher at the same time. Um, deeper into what your calling is, but higher um, in integrity, but also higher in anointing. And, um, and there's even going to be greater levels of trust that are going to be given to you. Um, it's going to be before the end of this calendar year. Um, I see you going up like two steps, and I don't even know what that means. But, uh, but I just really feel like God is um, saying that I trust you even more than what man trusts you, and even more than what your employer trusts you. And, um, and the things that, um, that you do, the Lord is going to be able to give you opportunity to be able to advance the kingdom release safety, release blessing, release favor, but also um, release things uh, that are in the natural that are going to uh, be a blessing to others around you and, and really throughout even the world. And I don't know of all of what I'm talking about, but I hope that you and God know. Does any of this make sense to you? You can just give me a yes or no. Uh, okay, all right. All right, so maybe meet with pastor about some of that later. So, all right, bless you, my friend. Stay standing. Oh, oh, John, John has more stay, for you. Stay standing. You know, he, he brought us up here. Like, some of us are live like 30 miles from Portland. And he brought us all the way up here. And he put you on our hearts. There's actually um, a couple people in here that I got words for, but I know the Lord's going to, they're going to get um, taken care of later when we do ministry time, but you're the first person that he put on my heart. And some of what they said, well, a lot of what they said lines up with what I was feeling. And one of the things that I sensed was that you're not a person that you would step out and try to seek the glory for things. You're you're more of one that that, that tries to, keep things in you're not you're not trying to go after things but I feel like I'm not sure if you're a new Christian or what but I feel like the, the word that I have for you is a word that I heard over here is joy and I, and I could see it it was rising up in you as you worshiped there, there was joy that was rising up inside of you it was It was fighting against the things of the world. But that joy was coming out of you. And, and I, I was seeing, the Lord was saying, he, he, the more that you get of him, it's like I've heard people say, like, you know, you can peel all these layers off an onion. And a lot of people don't. You know, not too excited. I love onions, so. Every time you, you take a layer off, you reveal something new. And, and I feel like Jesus is, is, the more you get to know God, the more you get to know Jesus. He's, he's peeling off layers. And there's going to be experiences that you're going to have where there's going to be new joy released. And the word says, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So as that joy rises up in you, it helps you as you walk through your daily walk through the week and you go through those things that you do through your job, through your, through your daily routine. So I just bless you and just say the joy of the Lord be your strength.
Caps? Yeah, I have a word for your guys' house. <laughs> um, so last time I gave you guys a word about um, John G. Lake, but I really felt like the Lord um, put on my heart Second uh, Samuel, the last chapter, the last paragraph. And it's David, um, and he's about to buy the threshing floor. And um, I really feel like the Lord is saying that um, because when he... He said, I'm not going to buy it if it doesn't cost me something. And I just felt like the Lord said over your guys' church that there has to be a joy of his salvation. Because he's first Savior, but we have to get past Savior because he's Lord. When he has your life, he's Lord. And I just feel like the Lord is saying that there's been witchcraft coming against this house, and the Lord's breaking it, but he breaks the yoke with the cost we pay. Because it's going to cost us everything to serve him, and it's going to cost you everything not to serve him. So what's your choice? Jesus is always better. But I just really felt like the Lord wanted to ask you guys as a church, what's the cost? Because once you pay the cost, pay the toll, Jesus is going to unlock this house and unlock revival in a greater way that you've ever seen before. You've tasted and you've seen, you know the Lord is good. You've seen glimpses, you've stood a little bit longer in worship. But there's something so much better because true revival infects a city. And the Lord wants you to not just stand here and be like, yes, Lord, I have a lot of words. They're really good. But he wants you to step into them because there's an activation that happens. And I just feel like the, the last word I gave you is tied to this word, the obedience of it. Because simple obedience changes history. And I really encourage you guys to start looking up the history of um, what this ground is because there's something tied to the history with unlocking the history so his story can actually be released because it's literally glory. And as we were worshiping today, every single one of um, the songs is about the glory of Jesus because we need to get back to Jesus of the Bible, not Jesus that this world has made up. Because it's a false Jesus. It keeps you bound in bondage. That's not Jesus. He came to set the captives free. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I just really feel like this, this word's going to come into play afterwards, after my dad preaches. I just really feel like people are going to get some straight-up deliverance tonight, some straight-up set free from bondage, oppression, depression, um, specifically um, a spirit of torment. And Jezebel and her minions have to bow. They have to bow. Ha-ha. When Jesus actually, he went to the cross, he made a spectacle when he went to hell of the devil in front of all the demons. Yeah. That's what the Lord wants to do through all of you. Yeah. That's his life's mission. That's why he died on the cross for you guys. So that you could make a spectacle of the enemy at your workplace, yeah. in your city, in the grocery store. Straight up, Walmart is a revival waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But are you willing are you willing to pay the price for Jesus? Because if you don't, you're going to pay the price for something else. And it's not going to be worth it. Because he's Lord first and foremost. If you're just stuck at salvation, you've missed the whole entire definition of the cross. Salvation is the word sozo. Saved, healed, delivered, protection, power, and authority. 
And so when you just stick with saved, you miss out on everything Jesus has for you on earth. And so some of you are dealing with anxiety, depression. That's why Jesus went to the cross for you guys. So it can be stuck to the cross. And you don't have to pick it back up. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, Jesus. Every spirit but the Holy Spirit is not allowed in here. You have to bow your foot, Satan. You have to bow your foot, Jezebel. No more. I break the back of the accuser over this church, over this family, and over the pastors here. No more. We release the spirit of holiness to come and invade this place right now. Oh, shatata. Yeah, it's, it's up to you guys, truly. I just feel it so strong. You have to say yes. Like, and I can't, even though I want to say it so much for you guys, and there's some of you who've literally paid your price, and you're waiting for other people, and you can't pay it for him, for them, and it's so hard because it's all of you. It's not one of you. Jesus doesn't just look for one people, one person to be a revivalist. He looks for everybody. It's a corporate thing. So, yeah. All right. You want to give the team a hand? You guys can be seated. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Could you grab my laptop, Andy? That way I don't have to go in front of those speakers. For a second there, I didn't think I was going to have to preach. Thank you. You doing good? Okay, I'm going to try and preach fast. Um, however, uh, the Lord kind of changed the game plan on me uh, after I got here. I had a really fun message I was going to speak. And um, I was just going to kind of share some, some thoughts with you on the anointings that God gives you for outside this house. Um, I talked a little bit about this this morning at our church about um, artisans, craftsmen, um, the anointings that are on people that are beyond the church, not just the fivefold ministry, not just apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, but I believe that business people, uh, craftspeople, um, uh, housewives, government whoever it is, I believe that you can carry an anointing for outside of the four church walls that you can go out and you can impact the world. Somebody say amen to that. And so, um, but I don't think the church, and I'm not saying this church, I'm talking about the church in general. I don't think the church in general has done a very good job of honoring those anointings. We've done a better job of honoring the stuff inside the church, but the reality is there's way more of you that are not in church ministry, but you're in other ministries, and we need to figure out how to honor you guys and bless you guys and recognize your anointings. Can you say amen to that? Okay. I want to talk to you. Did that work okay? Okay, good. Um, I want to talk to you about something that uh, the Lord started talking to me about about a year ago. In fact, uh, you guys were there. Um, And uh, um, we were up at uh, the Sin Network at Dan Hammer's church up in Everett. And uh, I was asked to share for a few minutes, and I was sharing, and a friend of ours that was there, and I'm not, please understand where I'm going with this, because this is not a me, me, me thing. I'm just, but I have to give you the background or you're not going to understand what I'm talking about, okay? Um, there were, uh, a friend of mine was there that, uh, actually a lot of friends, but um, one in particular that asked Dr. Hammer if, they could pray for me um, to recognize 
um, an apostolic anointing on me. And it was probably one of the most humbling moments of my life as all of these fathers in the faith, Dr. George Watkins, Dr. Dan Hammer, Dr. Stephen List, as they and others gathered around me and laid hands on me. And I'm telling you, I was just a weeping mess. But um, I believe that that moment opened up a door and a little bit put a target on me. Um, and what I mean by that is that about seven months ago, I had double bypass surgery. Um, I have a scar that goes from here to here um, and another scar down my leg um, where they did uh, all this surgery seven months ago. Actually ended up canceling a trip. Uh, I was supposed to go to Uganda uh, with uh, Dan Hammer to do ministry over there. By the way, if you haven't been watching, you guys have seen the Asbury Revival? Um, there's a whole bunch of other ones. I was going to talk about that tonight. Um, and uh, Uganda and Israel have both broken out in revival. Um, so is, uh, where was uh, 33rd Company? In Pakistan, there was something like 25,000 that came to Christ in just like three days. Um, the, it's, it's happening all over the place and, and all across America. Anyway, all of that to say that then... Um, uh, a couple of months after my heart surgery, as I'm recovering, then uh, I wake up early one morning. I'd been sick all night and um, go to the restroom. And, um, and while I'm in the restroom, pass out on the floor because I didn't know I had six bleeding ulcers in my stomach and I had lost 25% of my blood. And um, by the way, uh, using your face to break your fall when you fall off the toilet is not a very good idea. Um, but I was out, so I didn't feel it. Um, and uh, anyway, there's a whole story that goes along with that that's quite entertaining, but I'm not going to take the time to share. Um, but uh, it does have to do with uh, our son's dog waking the house up to rescue me. Timmy fell in the well, you know, kind of thing. If, if you're not old enough, ask somebody that's older who Lassie is. Okay. Um, so uh, I serve on a national board um, called USCAL, U.S. Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. I represent Oregon on this, on this council. And, um, and then we have an international meeting every year in uh, Dallas, Texas in November. And at the end of that meeting, uh, a friend of ours, Paul Botha, who is uh, an apostle in Perth, Australia, came and spoke at our church. And one of the things that he talked to me about was um, claims and counterclaims. And I didn't know anything about this, and so I started studying it out. And, uh, and I want to share with you what I shared with our church. I've never preached this anywhere else except our church. But I really felt like as I was here worshiping, and some of you might have thought I was being very disrespectful. I was on my phone, on my computer, all this stuff during worship. But the Lord was talking to me about something that I, I feel like I'm supposed to share with you. So we're going to dive right into this. And, and you put the, the um, PowerPoint up if you want, Pastor. Um, and... Uh, there are so many opportunities in the kingdom of God right now, and there will be so many more in the coming year. And I see churches stepping up into a greater leadership role in their region, as well as in greater realms. This house, our and our house and other houses are being recognized all the time for the anointing that they carry. But one of the things that I'm always concerned about is I don't want to be... Um, more well-known than we are anointed. Yeah. Yeah. That's called false advertising. <laughs> um, I don't want that. If, if we're known for being a healing house or for a prophetic house or whatever, and somebody shows up, I, I, I want that to actually happen. 
I don't want to just, you know, well, you're known for this, but too bad you can't do it. Um, I don't want to get, there's, there's an old phrase, I don't want to get out over my skis. Yeah. Anybody ever heard that phrase before? Um, really what it means is you're about to crash, and that doesn't sound appetizing to me. It was easier when I was young, you know, to crash. You know, I don't even want to ski anymore. Um, but we need to be wise in how we follow Jesus and interpret what he wants us to do as well as lead well. And in order for you to accomplish this, now if, I would encourage you to take notes tonight. I'm going to give you quite a bit of information and some scriptures. I want to talk to you real quick about if you want to walk out what God has for you, the first thing you're going to have to do is have your character in place. You have to have your character in place. That does not mean be a character. It means have your character in place. Okay, I'm going to give you four things in regard to that. Number one, know how to serve and be serving. Notice I didn't just say know how to serve because there's a lot of people that know how to serve. They just don't do it, right? Well, you need to know how to serve and you need to be serving. When, whenever I go to speak somewhere, um, and I did this with pastor when, after I got here, I told him, listen, I do anything wrong, you shut me down. Um, if there's anything you want me to do or not want me to do, you feel free to tell me that. If you need me, go wash your car. You point me in the right direction. Um, you know, whatever, whatever needs to be done because we're not called to be famous. We're called to serve. Amen. And so we need to learn how to serve. And if you want to go very far in ministry, you need to learn how to serve. We're going to be um, taking a team. Abby and I are going to be leading a team. Tammy and John are going to be on that team. And we're, taking, we're going to uh, India um, in April um, to minister to 250 pastors at a pastor's conference. Now, when you go do something like that, it sounds all glamorous and all that stuff. It's not that glamorous. It's a lot of airplane. Listen, it's like 25 hours to get there. That's not fun at all in any way, shape, form, or time zone. Um, it is just not fun. It's a long ways. Tammy's back there going like this. I don't know what her problem is, but anyway. Um, you don't know what time it is. You don't know what kind of food you're eating. You, listen, I've been to the Philippines numerous times. They have some of the best poodles and noodles I have ever had. Slab a lab is excellent. I'm joking, I'm joking. You, but you don't ask what you're eating because you don't want to know. Anyway, I didn't know chicken had four legs. Okay, anyway. Second thing is you need to have your character in place. Don't wait for your opportunity to come to get your character aligned because then it is too late. You need to have your character in place first before the door will open. If you're waiting till the door opens and then you're going to get your, that's, it's too late. Somebody else will get the opportunity. Amy Simple McPherson, who started the Foursquare Movement, said that there were seven men that were called to uh, the calling that she had before God called her, but the seven men didn't want it. Third thing we need to do is we need to be teachable. Listen, if you are a know-it-all and think that you already know everything, then you are not teachable. The church in general, not this church, the church in general has plenty of those. To be really honest, the deeper in Jesus you get, the less you will know. Yeah. 
you will realize you don't know very much. In fact, I, if I had a whiteboard, I would, I would draw this for you, but in our school, I draw this big giant circle and, um, and, and, and then I draw a line coming out to the edge of the circle. And then I draw another line really close to that one. And, and, and I say, this is one per, th- this circle is God. This little pie piece right here, that's 1%. That's the amount that we know about God. And then I draw another little line right next to that one. And I say, now this is another 1%. This is what we know that we don't know about God. This other 98%, we don't even know that we don't know. (laughs) God is so infinite, and we just think that we've arrived when we figure out a few little things about Him. The reality is we don't know Jack. Do you realize that you will be in in heaven for all of eternity, and a thousand years, ten thousand years from when you get there, you, you will still be realizing that you don't know very much about Him. Come on, somebody. Did you know that um, all of God, excuse me, all of the Bible is in God? But there's no way that all of God is in the Bible. Number four, be in submission to the mission to get commissioned. Be in submission to the mission to get commissioned. This couple right up here on the front row, Tammy and Andy, The reason that we give them so much responsibility and so many opportunities is because they're in submission to the mission, and that's why they've been commissioned. We trust them with all kinds of stuff. They preach for me when I'm traveling. They do all kinds of stuff. I would give them the keys to my house. I would give them the keys to... This is really saying something. I'd give them the keys to my car. Andy's laughing. (laughs) The people in the back row are laughing. They they know. Uh, I I didn't say you. I said Andy. I've seen how you drive. She's the only person I know that drives faster than me. Anyway. But no, seriously, I I trust these guys with anything. But you want to know why? Because they're in submission to the mission that God gave us. And because of that, they get commissioned. You're in a military city. Those military people, they have to be in submission to the mission if they want to be commissioned. That's how it works. It's a principle. And if, you're, if you don't submit yourself, then God can't use you. And, and let, me, let me just say this. They're probably too nice for this, but they really can't use you either. They need to know that when they trust you that you're not going to go say something behind their back. That they're not going to stab you in the back. That they're not going to run... When, when, um, when we have a staff meeting, and, um, and these guys are in our staff meeting as well as others, but when we have staff meeting and, and um, we, the way that I lead is I'll throw something out and then we discuss it, we talk about it and you know, have discourse about it. You won't believe this, but sometimes my ideas get totally shot down and, and I realize they were really dumb. I know it's hard to believe, but... Um, and, uh, and then other times, every great once in a while, I get a good one. And, um, but when, when we institute something, sometimes everybody's on board, but sometimes not everybody's on board. And when we institute that idea, if, if part of the team goes out and says, well, we really didn't want to, you know, they go tell somebody, we didn't really want to do this, but pastor wanted to do it. They're not in submission to the mission. 
They're, what they're doing is they're breeding division. You know, we, we, we you know, I, I hear what you're saying about the church or I hear what you're saying about pastor and I really feel the same way. Um, so, so, you know, don't let that go any further. We'll just talk about, you're partnering with the stinking accuser of, the, of yes. hello? You can't walk through this life if you want to be um, anything with any kind of success. You can't undermine the people that you are following. And let me just say this. If you're leading, you can't undermine the people that are behind you. And you might say, well, why are people behind you? Because if you're a leader with no followers, you're just somebody taking a walk. (laughs) That's spelled loneliness. Let me ask you a question. Those are the four character things. You can do whatever you want with those. Here's the question. Do you ever feel like the heavens are open, but at the same time you're being resisted, oppressed, and opposed? Now, I'm asking this to you as a church, but I'm also asking it to you as individuals. I'm asking it to you for your ministry, for your family, for your children, for your business, whatever area. Do you ever feel like the heavens are open, God's shining on you, and yet at the same time, you're being resisted, oppressed, or opposed. Anybody in the room, you ever felt like that? I know I have. Let me talk to you about why that happens. There's something called claims and regional claims. I'm going to tell you a quick story to kind of illustrate this. There was a strong, healthy church in a large city that had about three-quarters of a million people and over 200 churches. The pastor stated that he was the apostle over that city. Not an apostle, the apostle over that city. What he was doing is he was claiming the whole city for himself and for his church. I don't believe that there is one apostle for any city. I'm just just being real with you, okay? I believe that God calls multiple apostles. Let me, let me just back up for a second here and give a little more foundational teaching. The reason that God gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is so that they can... Now, by the way, Jesus was all of those things, right? Are you with me? Um, he was all of those things. And the reason that he doesn't make any of us all of those things is so that we have to depend on each other to be able to accomplish what God has called us to do. I, I am not the greatest evangelist, I'll just tell you. When I'm talking about an evangelist, I'm not talking about the old idea of somebody traveling church to church. That was usually a teacher or a prophet or somebody. An evangelist is somebody that they, they just cannot wait to get out there and get somebody saved. Our daughter, Abby, is an evangelist. She carries that anointing. She, she, can, she takes people out usually on Sunday afternoons. We didn't, they didn't do it today because I was bringing a team up here and she was part of that team. But usually they'll go out on Sunday afternoons. They'll go out on the street. Lord will direct them. And, and they find people and they lead them to Jesus almost every single Sunday. It's amazing. I mean, like incredible. Like they'll, they'll be in Walmart because everybody knows Jesus is needed in Walmart. Um, uh, they'll be in Walmart and the Lord, um, in fact, they just, uh, she was just with a team 
a couple weeks ago. They were in Walmart, and um, this guy, how old is Claude? 70-something? 77? I don't know if he had ever led anybody to Jesus. He'd been a, a very successful builder all his life. He's attending our school now. And um, he was with Abby, and, uh, and the Lord directed him to, was it a man, woman? I don't remember. A man? It was a young man, right? Like, young adult? And um, he ends up going up to this young man, starts to talk to him, and within, like, two minutes, he's leading him to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And it, like, turned him upside down, inside out. I mean, he just could not believe that this was taking place. And now, she's really good at that. I'm not very good at that. In fact, I'm actually kind of terrible at it. I'm great from up here in the front, and if I, you know, I can have an altar call and all that, you ask me to go talk to somebody on the street, I'll wet my pants. <laughs> not quite, but, you know, um, depends. Anyway, okay. You get it? Okay, some of, pastor will explain to you later. Um, the, the reality is, is that we have to depend on each other, and, and Jesus wants us to depend on each other, not just within a church, but within the churches. Because probably this church has certain strengths that another church in town doesn't have, but that other church in town has different strengths. And another church has different strengths. Another turn. Hello, are you there? You getting this? We can't claim the whole city for ourselves. I understand the idea of, hey, we want to impact the city. That's awesome. But what happens when, um, when church A comes in and they claim the city, and then church B comes in and they claim the city, now they have counterclaims for the same city. I'm going to give a little sneak preview. I'll tell you what happens. It releases witchcraft within churches. It used to be that, um, you can go ahead on a couple of, I, I didn't give you the cues, so I'm sorry. Um, this is uh, the idea of an old community church. It used to be that churches were built in a neighborhood, and then if you lived in that neighborhood, you went to that church. It was a community church. You were part of that community. And then as travel became easier uh, and um, denominations got started and branding and all that stuff, which drives me bananas. Um, and you might say, well, yeah, but you're an AG church. Well, we're not a very good representation of that, to be quite honest. And a lot of times when I get introduced at national things, they actually introduce me as a, as a um, missionary to the Assemblies of God. So I don't know what that means. But anyway, um, <laughs> but there used to be the idea of a neighborhood church. And then as travel got easier, be, people began to pick churches that were more like what they wanted. And there became brands and styles and all of these different things. It used to be when it was a neighborhood church, you protected the neighborhood. If, if a strip club moved in your, your neighborhood, the church rallied together, they chased the strip club back out of town. If, uh, if there was somebody in, in the area that was doing something wrong, they would, they would talk to that person. They, they would protect the community. Now, because people travel all over the place, and I'm not opposed to that, but we travel to our favorite flavor. And so because of that, some of those things have changed. Now, Jesus in the New Testament uses two different words. We interpret both of them as church, but one of them is ecclesia or ecclesia. 
The idea behind that is to be a world changer, to impact culture, to um, uh, change what's around you. That's awesome. I love that. I've been preaching on that for 15 years. But the other word is very new to me, um, and it's another word that, uh, that I just discovered last year, and it's a Greek word, and, uh, and it's interpreted as church, but it's the word oikos, and no, it's not yogurt. It actually is the Greek word for family. And that's the word that Jesus used for church. And so sometimes he said ecclesia, world changer, governmental agency of the kingdom. And other times he used the word oikos, which means family. That whole idea of family means that if somebody here in the church is hurting, the others need to come around them and and love on them and help them and bless them. And Hello? That's what you do in a family. And let me just say one more thing too about family is that... um, there are between 39,000 and possibly over 40,000 denominations in the world today, Christian denominations. You want to know why? Because every time they disagree, somebody has to leave. Well, we're going to replace the carpet. We'd like blue. We don't like blue. We want green. Well, if you like green, you got to leave because we're doing blue. That's actually a true story. Those things have happened. And, um, or we like foot washing. We hate foot washing. We like communion. We don't like communion. We this, we that, blah, 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 blah. And that's why you have so many different denominations in the world is because when you don't agree, somebody has to leave. Listen, that's so childish. Believe it or not, my wife and I don't always agree. I know those of you that are married, you can't believe that. Anybody that's been married more than five minutes. But we don't always agree. You know why? Because she has the right to be wrong. That's why. But can I get a ride back to Longview tonight? Okay. See, see that smile? That's not really a smile. <laughs> that's, you're going to die. Okay. Anyway. Where was that going? Somebody help me. <laughs> she said, not home. <laughs> don't always agree. The fact is that even when we don't agree, we still put our feet under the same dining room table. Because we're family. My dad and I do not agree, well, just about anything. Um, <laughs> But especially politics and that kind of thing, Scott and I kind of are on the same page. That kind of tells you a little bit. Um, we, we agree with on a few things. We kind of joke in the hotel elevator often when we see each other. Hey, did you see that post? Anyway, hotel elevator because we go to the same conferences. Anyway, because um, otherwise that's really weird. You're like, okay. Don't, don't know what kind of secrets are coming out tonight, but okay. Anyway. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. But But... But listen, at, at holidays, at all these different things, my dad and I put our feet under the same table, even though we disagree about things. Why? Because we're family. Listen, there needs to be a bigger commitment than agreement. You, you don't have to agree to be committed to each other. You have to love each other to be committed to each other. And that has nothing to do with agreement. And everyone that's married said Amen. That was a little bit late, sir. Okay. 
we, and this includes me, and I am rep repenting of this, that we are in competition and tend to think and declare that we are a better church than other churches. I was in a meeting with some other leaders across Oregon just a couple weeks ago, and my friend Dan Mickelson um, stated that each of our churches on this phone call um, each had different anointings and callings and that we could be a blessing to each other by sharing those anointings and callings um, in different ways. Listen, I've been guilty of downplaying what other churches are doing, and I'm trying to change that in my thinking and in my personality. And I remember, um, uh, you know, talking about Joel Osteen, and, well, that's, you know, that's, that's the gospel junior, and it's gospel light, and it's gospel this and gospel that. You want to know what? They lead more people to Jesus every year than I do, so zip it, McCracken. You know, that, it's just foolish for me to, to think that, you know, we have a corner on the market when the reality is that God's just as much in their church as he is in my church. Hello? But claims come from the heart. Some will go out and claim their city for Christ, and that's awesome. But what if it is in their heart, I claim this city for my church, church XYZ, not for Jesus, not for the kingdom, but for their church. What happens when a new church planter comes in and claims a city for their church or their denomination instead of for Jesus? When this is done, it can actually result in a curse on the city. It can result in a curse on the city. It creates spiritual gridlock. What happens when someone claims the city, the finances, the families, etc., for their church or their denomination or their ministry? Here's the problem. If someone else has already claimed the same thing for their church, ministry, or denomination, it creates a spiritual gridlock over the city or maybe even something worse. Now all of a sudden, is anybody serving or is everyone trying to rule? It's competition. In Mark 9.35, Jesus called us to be the servants of all. What if we decided that we are here to serve the city instead of claim the city? I think our claim would go a lot further if we were serving. What if we decided that we're here to serve other churches? Let me give you a, a very tangible example of this. We've been doing something called Revival on the Water for about a year and a half. Revival on the Water, I don't know if you're familiar with this. In fact, they celebrated their five-year anniversary today in Dawsonville, Georgia. There's a church... Um, called Christ Fellowship. Uh, the pastor is uh, Todd Smith. And several years ago, about five and a half, six years ago, uh, Todd was pacing on his platform. And, uh, and as he was um, up there praying, it was midweek, nobody else in the room, large sanctuary. As he's pacing across the platform, he glances over and sees the, the baptismal and the Lord gives him a vision. The baptismal was empty, but the Lord gives him a vision of the tank being full of water and flames dancing on top of the water. He said, Lord, what is that? And the Lord said, when you baptize people in water, I'm going to um, give them fire. That sounds pretty good. So he figures, well, when people get baptized, they're going to have a really good experience. Praise the Lord. Moves on. Well, it was more than that. And what happened was, is people were getting baptized. Now, let me just clarify something before I get too far into this and forget to. They believe the same thing that we believe and probably that you believe. The baptism is an outward sign of an inward work of um, what Jesus has done in our heart. And it's, it's a testimony to the world 
that, um, that we're dying to our old self and that we come up out of the water, a new, a new creation. Hello? You all with me? Okay. They believe the same thing. But remember in the Bible when, um, when the leper was told to go dip seven times in the river and when he came up, he was healed? You remember that? Here's what's been happening in uh, Dawsonville, Georgia, every Sunday night for over five years, actually five years tonight, is that people um, have been coming and they get dipped in the water and they're coming up and their addictions are gone, wow. their marriages are restored, they're physically healed, um, wow. uh, racism is being broken, all kinds of things are happening. They actually they went to a city, I think it was in Mississippi, and the warden of the prison brought um, a bunch of guys from the prison to get baptized at this church. There was a, um, a large black man, I don't remember his name, um, he came and he was in prison on several uh, life sentences because of the murders that he had committed because he was part of um, a black gang that hated white people. There was another man that was there that was white that had been part of the KKK, one of the leaders. He had also been convicted on several life sentences because of um, uh, all of the people he had murdered. They both got baptized that night. They both turned their hearts towards Jesus. They both got totally healed. And the newspaper did a story about them sitting together with their arm around each other. And they are now leading the Bible studies in the prison. Yes. Come on. That's incredible. So Abby and I were um, at a meeting in early, two years ago, would have been January, whatever year that was, 20, 21, I can do the math. Um, and uh, we, we were there and, um, and this gal named Amber Nordstrom was there and, and we got to prophesy over, never met her before. And, um, and about six months later, she comes and asks, she uh, calls my um, assistant, asks for an appointment. And I'm thinking, oh man, what did I mess up, you know? And um, that's what pastors always think when somebody wants an appointment. I don't know if you knew that. But anyway, um, and uh, so she comes for the appointment and she says, hey, um, I was in Mexico. The Lord talked to me about going to Georgia. I went to Georgia. I didn't know it was in Georgia. I went there, went to this revival in Dawsonville. And, um, and all of these people have been getting healed. And I want to bring the pastor here. And the only person, uh, the only pastor in this area that I know that is crazy enough to host something like this is you. Want to host it? And I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. And so um, Roxanne and I and Abby and our older daughter, Maddie, we flew to Dawsonville um, in June of that year. And while we were there, they baptized their 25,000th person. Pretty incredible. So all of that to say that in uh, July, we bring Todd Smith out. He does three nights. Our building was packed, 450 people and um, people from Washington, Oregon, Idaho, California, all over the place. Six-year-old boy named Cash uh, went in the water. He was legally deaf when he went in. When he came up out of the water, he, with, there's actually a video of this on our um, Facebook page. He comes up out of the water, and he's looking around, and later he told us that as he was sitting there, everything got louder and louder and louder, and his healing was totally restored right there in that moment. We had... We had a lady from Vancouver, Washington, legally blind, goes in the water, gets back out, um, can totally see. Had a man come that um, uh, we, have, uh, we had two EMTs working at one of the tanks. By the way, these tanks look uh, a lot like cattle troughs, and, um, but with warmer water in them. 
a man came in in a wheelchair. Uh, I think he has MS. Is that right, Joshua? Um, comes in, he has some health issue, um, very crippled up, uh, couldn't stand up, couldn't do any of these things. Uh, two EMTs just happened to coincidentally be on that tank. They knew how to lift him out of the wheelchair, how to get him in the water, the whole thing. They get him in the water as they're praying for him. They baptize him a couple times, and all of a sudden his legs straighten out for the first time, and he pushes against the end of the tank, and, um, and he starts to get some movement. Afterwards, they get him back out. They put him in the, in the, um, back in the wheelchair. He goes and gets his clothes changed. He kept coming back. We were doing this every month. And um, every month he would come back and he would get a little bit more movement and a little bit more ability. And um, there's a video that we showed uh, back in August uh, of him at the county fair. He's standing up out of his wheelchair in front of a band that's playing at the county fair and he's dancing of his own volition, his own strength, and his own ability. Come on. So all of that to say that, and we're still doing this. In fact, we're going to have one this Friday night. Um, 20 different churches have been involved in this. Because there's, my wife heads this up, but there's like 50 volunteers behind the scenes because we have 100 sets of scrubs. If people don't bring clothes, they can go in a changing room. They can get their size scrubs. They can change into them so they can go in the water, get baptized. Um, they, you know, there's all of these things happening uh, at the end of the service for all of these different things. This Sunday night, there are going to be half a dozen pastors on the platform, and instead of preaching a sermon or something like that, the six of us are going to each share about two to five minutes on revival because we believe what is happening at Asbury could happen here in the Northwest. Yeah. And so we're going to share about two to five minutes, um, each of us on revival, and then together we're going to lead the congregation in prayer for revival to come. And then the following Sunday morning, a week from today, on Sunday morning, we're going to do a Zoom meeting into all, all of those churches, and, um, and all of us pastors are going to be on there, and we're going to lead a corporate prayer with all of these churches across Longview and Rainier and Kelso. We're going to lead a prayer together. Why? Because we're going to serve each other in doing this, and we're going to come together in unity to be able to bless our community. Come on, somebody. Why is that? Because we want to serve each other. Okay, i got to wrap this up. James 3, 13 through 18. It says, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but it's earthly, natural, and demonic. It's demonic. He's saying that us competing against other churches is demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, free of hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Listen, I'm just going to tell you that our church is not the biggest church in our area. It's not. And, and I've had to struggle at times with, God, why is that church bigger than ours? They don't even believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't even, they don't even do this. They don't even do this. Who are they? Why are you there? Why are those people there? You're probably not even there. It's just people gathering. 
I am human. Okay. And, um, but here's the real deal. What, what do I care what they're doing across town? I'm only responsible for our house. I got to get out of my head and out of everybody else's head and just do what I'm called to do. And if I have the opportunity to serve them, then I need to do that. We need to figure out how do we serve our city? How do we serve the other churches? How do we serve the kingdom of God? When I first became senior pastor at our church, the Lord told me to talk to the board the first meeting, and I did, and I said, um, we are no longer going to make church decisions. We're only going to make kingdom decisions. They said, that sounds great. What does it mean? And I said, it means that we're not going to make decisions that are going to bless our church, but we're going to make decisions that bless the kingdom of God. And sometimes that's going to cost us money. And so that means that when God speaks to us about blessing another church with cash or going and and helping them put a new roof on or going and doing this, that, or the other thing, that we're going to do that. You want to know why? Because at the end of the day, it's not us four and no more. It's going to be all of us in heaven. And the reality is, and just with God's sense of humor... The guy that I don't like, he's probably going to put his mansion next to mine. (laughs) So I might as well get over it now. Because I'm going to have to live in that neighborhood. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 says, First of all, then I urge that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made in behalf of all people for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life. How many of you would like to have a tranquil and quiet life? Doesn't that sound awesome? So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Isn't that the definition of retirement? And all the people in retirement are laughing right now. Um, How did I have time to work? I've heard that lots of times. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We're worried about they're getting more salvations over there. You know what? God wants everybody to be saved. Why does it have to be in your church? I, uh, the Lord dealt with me at a, at a pastor prayer meeting here a while back. Um, I was thinking about how there's this, uh, this clique of pastors that they meet, and I, I'm not invited. and um, I get invited to other meetings, but not that meeting. And, um, and I thought, Lord, why are they not in unity? Why I'm trying for unity, Lord. Why are they not in unity? He said, they're in unity. I said, what are you talking about? I'm not invited. He said, they're in unity, just not with you. <laughs> I said, what's the matter, what's the matter me? You know? And, um, and then, then he showed me that I've got my own little groups, and I haven't invited them to my groups. Yeah, that's why I said, ooh. It was like he gave me a spanking. (laughs) Here are six better things that we can do instead of making claims. Are you ready? I'm wrapping this up. Flaps are up. Landing gear is coming down. We're coming in for a landing, all right? Here are six better things that we can do instead of making claims. Number one, ask God for your inheritance. Not for your neighbor's inheritance, not for another church's inheritance, for your inheritance. Hello? He knows how to give a double portion. Just ask for your inheritance. Number two, believe promises that God has given you. 
You don't have to believe the promises that God gave everybody else. You just have to believe the promises that he gave you. In Jeremiah 33, 9, it says, It will be to me a name of joy, praise, and glory before all the nations of the earth, which will hear of all the good that I do for them, and they will be frightened and trembled because of all the good and all the peace that I make for it. By the way, this is going to apply to you in just a minute. And some of you are going, this is like for church leaders or something. Why are you sharing this? I'm, I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me another minute or two. Number three, make a declaration that this city belongs to Jesus Christ. Not to your church, not to your denomination, to Jesus. This is close to a claim, but it's better. It is something that's already established and you're partnering with God. By the way, did you know that was what Jesus did? He only did what he heard the Father doing. We tend to come up with our own ideas and try and do those things. Number four, petition. Bring a request to God instead of making a claim over your city. Number five, intercession. How about we begin to plead and pray for our cities, the other churches, and requests of all kinds? What if, what if we were praying for the church down the street instead of being in competition with the church down the street? Come on, somebody. Number six, prophesy over the city, over the churches, and over the government. Well, it's easy for me to come up here and prophesy over Scott's church because his church isn't in my town. But you know what? I need to have just as much anointing for prophesying over my neighbor's church. Can, can I say this? And, and I apologize if it, if it offends you, but... I need to be willing to prophesy over my enemy's church. You might say, well, you shouldn't have an enemy. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> but sometimes it comes across that way, and I need to get over that. Come on. Let's be real. When we make claims and counterclaims against each other, and I said this earlier, it sends witchcraft and specifically demons to attack the churches that are making the most difference and have the most potential. It actually uses our Christianity to empower witchcraft and to empower demons to attack other churches. Because what we do is, as we go into competition with the church down the street, instead of being in partnership with them, because we're both working for the kingdom of God, when we go into competition with them, all of a sudden, we're releasing witchcraft against them, and we don't even realize it. You might say, well, I'm not in charge of a church, so how does that apply to me? When you're in competition with somebody else that Jesus loves, that he cares for, that he wants to see in heaven forever, when you get into competition with them, and you're competing against them in whatever way, shape, or form, you're actually releasing witchcraft against those people. Listen to me. I'm going to go back to a year ago when, um, when I got prayed over. And, and you might say, well, how did all of that lead to um, you know, your chest getting cut open and, and losing blood months later and all this? I'll tell you why. Because it opened up witchcraft towards me. Because other people were in opposition to what the Lord was saying over me. And, and I was in opposition to what other people were having said over them. It opened up all kinds of stuff. That... I'm, I'm telling you that that can happen separate from the church. That when we get all bothered about, you know, you're a business owner and, and you own this business down the street, um, uh, and, 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 and the other guy, let me give you an example. 
when, before we got married, I worked for uh, an RV shop, and I was the manager of, of the parts store. And, um, and there was a new RV shop that came into town. Now, the owners of the place that I worked for said they were Christians. Notice I didn't say they were Christians. I, they said they were Christians. Okay, anyway, that's another story. Um, but they spent all of their time trying to figure out how could they make the other business go out of business? How could, they, um, how could they undermine them? How could they, all these different things. How about just worry about your own stuff? How about you just make your business the best business in town and then you don't have to worry about the other guy? See, some of you have had witchcraft released over you and I believe that since 2020, when, the, um, when, the, uh, when COVID broke out, I believe that something happened in the spirit realm and witchcraft has, and I see some of you nodding already, witchcraft went to a whole nother level. I'm telling you that I, I've walked through airports and seen people with um, t-shirts on declaring that they're a witch. I mean, it is more bold than I have ever seen, that I have ever even read about. We, we had a warlock and, and two um, other yahoos show up in our service a couple of years ago and, um, and were manifesting in the service. By the way, that's a good thing. That means that the Holy Spirit's there. Because if they don't manifest and there's a real problem, it means there's not enough Holy Spirit to mess with their demons. So I don't want to say we welcome that, but it's not a bad problem. It means we're going somewhere. So the reality is, is that, um, uh, I just got to tell you this part because it's really funny. So, so the, the, the warlock guy, we didn't realize who he was until later. He was, he was in charge of these other two chuckleheads. And, um, and uh, he, had, he had long white hair and long white beard and all this stuff. And um, he looked like Gandalf. You guys know who Gandalf is? Okay, anyway. And, um, and this one guy... He, um, he comes up and he's smearing stuff on the floor before service where I sit. And he's doing all this witchcraft stuff. And we didn't realize what it was at the moment. And I'm going to cut through most of the crazy stuff and get to the end of the service. I'm preaching. And this guy comes forward in the altar call. And he comes up and he's right at the bottom of the stairs. And he had already manifest a couple times in the service. I had to rebuke him. And we had to have ushers come sit with him and all this stuff. He's at the bottom of the stairs. And um, our daughter, Abby... She, when she sees fresh meat, she just goes after it. So she was up on the, on the worship team, and instead of just saying a kind little prayer over him, she's making eye contact, and she's praying in tongues, and the challenge is on, and <laughs> she's going for it, right? So this guy's um, there at the bottom of the steps. A couple guys come up, gather around him to pray for him. They're um, praying for him, and he's slowly coming up the steps. I don't realize what's going on because I'm dealing with the other people in the, in the altar call. He's slowly coming up the steps, and, um, and so uh, one of the big guys, 6'5 guy comes over. He stands in front of him because he realizes what the guy's doing is he's trying to get to the top of the platform so he can take over the service. And, um, and so Abby, she comes... Uh, out to the front of the platform, comes down the steps. She gets right in his face, right? She's just going after it, right? And, um, and, and this guy's just staring back at her, you know? And, um, and he goes like this, like, get this out of here. 
And um, he made the mistake of his fingernail caught my daughter's chin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and there was blood. Now, here's what you didn't know. Mama Bear, <laughs> i.e. my wife, she was off to this side, trained in, in, um, in deliverance. She sees this. Did I mention Abby's the baby? Anyway, Roxanne comes out of nowhere. I'm still leading the altar call. I'm just dumb as a stump up there. And um, Roxanne comes over. She comes up to this guy. She grabs him by the chin, turns his head, looks him right in the eyes, says, I want to talk to the man. Not the demon, because he's manifesting. I want to talk to the man. She goes right past all the demons, gets right to the guy, leads him to Jesus, boom, set free. Come on. But I think there's a lot more witchcraft going on in our churches than what we realize. So, here we go. I'm finally to the end. Here's four signs that you personally are being attacked by witchcraft. Are you ready? Number one, you have a loss of vision or, confu- or you have confusion. When I say loss of vision, I'm not saying that you can't see. I'm saying that the vision that you have for your life, for your ministry, for your business, for your family, whatever, it's like it's all jumbled and you can't, it's like you can't process it. It's like, man, I, I know that I'm supposed to be getting this done and it just, man, I can't tune in. I can't, I'm having trouble reading this book. I'm having trouble this. I'm having trouble. Are, are you guys tracking with me? Okay. Number two, lack of motivation or tiredness. I'm talking about like a consistent thing. It's not like you didn't sleep good last night and, and you're tired today. Well, it must be witchcraft. No, that just means you stayed up too late. Okay, um, I'm talking about a pattern of this for a period of time. You have a lack of motivation or tiredness. Number three, depression or feeling flat, feeling like, like you've just been run over by something. Number four, forgetting your identity. I'm not talking about you know, your name. You've got to pull out your driver's license. Talking about your spiritual identity, forgetting who you are in Christ. Here's what we're going to do. I believe the Lord showed me or led me back to this passage or back to this message because I believe that there are people in this room that need to get set free of this. That, that there's an oppression that's been on some of you. There's been a heaviness that's been on some of you. Some of you have been dealing with depression. Some of you have been dealing with oppression. Some of you have been dealing with some of the things that I listed here. Um, some of you have just felt like no spiritual direction. It's like your spiritual compass is just spinning. Um, just listen, if you've been um, experiencing any of that or just felt under attack, I want you to stand to your feet right now. And, and listen, don't be embarrassed because it means the enemy is attacking you. That it doesn't, it's not something against you, except that the enemy has something against you. Hello? And listen, if, if you're experiencing the, any of this, or you even think you might be experiencing it, don't miss out on getting set free tonight because of pride. If, if, you're, if you're feeling it, for goodness sake, stand up and get set free. Uh, you know, you can, you can leave without all of that junk and baggage. Some of you, I, I just, as I closed my eyes, I saw a picture of you. You got a suitcase in each hand. You got like this giant backpack on. You got, you know, all of this, this baggage that's like on top of you, weighing you down. You feel like you're ready to fall on your face. 
but, but you just keep trudging on. Listen, you're not built to carry all that garbage. You're supposed to give it to Jesus. And tonight is your opportunity to give that to him and be set free and be liberated from the burden and the weight of that so that you can walk in the freedom and the fullness of who he is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Students, our team, I want you to go and lay hands on these that have uh, stood up, please. Let's go quickly, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Scott, if you have some kind of music can play in the background, that'd be great. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, students. I want somebody, I want every person that's standing, I want them to have somebody to have their hand on them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. John, if you can get these two guys over here, that'd be great. Thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just release you right now over these people. Lord, we break off the attack of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. We set them free right now. We just break off the attack. We break off the strategy of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. They're just going to, they already have some instruction. They're going to begin to pray over these right now. Thank you, Lord. If you're not standing, would you just begin to pray that your friends, your neighbors, your Oikos family will be set free? Come on, let's agree together right now for them. Might be you next time. Come on. freedom right now in the name of Jesus. We declare freedom over every one of these. And even if somebody didn't stand tonight, we declare freedom over them. Lord, we declare over their minds, over their hearts right now, Lord, that they would have clarity. Lord, that they would be able to see in the Spirit again, Lord. Lord, if they couldn't see in the Spirit before, Lord, we ask that they be able to now. Lord, we speak freedom over them. We break off these attacks. We break off uh, depression, oppression, lack of motivation, confusion. We break it off right now in the name of Jesus. We declare freedom and liberty in the Holy Ghost, Lord. Lord, we de- redeclare their identity in Jesus. 
Lord, who You created them to be. They are a son. They are a daughter of the mighty King, Lord God. Lord, I break off any kind of physical attack as well. If they've had any kind of health issues, we break that off right now. We speak health and wholeness from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet right now in the name of Jesus. a minute we're going to move into the prophetic and and we'll have a team up here and uh, if you want to receive a prophetic word we'll have you come on up and um, one of the team will minister to you we encourage you to bring a phone with to record it if you don't have that then maybe ask a friend or a neighbor if they can help you with that
you guys as they're wrapping up praying for each of these i'm just going to go ahead and prophesy over pastor scott and tammy and um so uh, if you want to point your hands this way So there were some things the Lord reminded me about that I had prophesied over you guys last year. And uh, and he told me to tell you that not all the doors have opened yet. There's more that are coming. And as you uh, step into this new season of, of serving, and I believe the Lord's going to give you a, a little bit different mindset, a little bit different approach in the way that you're going to do things. You guys have had an amazing uh, servant's heart for a long time. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing without a servant's heart. You guys work hard. You, um, not just here, but you you have a job to support your preaching habit. Um, I did that for a long time as well. But I, I feel like God is going to open up some brand new doors for you. And I believe that um, even uh, as he provided a youth pastor for you a year ago, I believe that there's more provision coming for you. Uh, and it's not just money. I believe that it's other things. I believe it's um, some of the leaders that you've been praying about. You've been praying uh, for some people to come alongside you to help hold your arms up, to uh, encourage you, to be a blessing to you. And I, I see doors opening with other pastors and leaders in the city as well. And even, um, even some non-church leaders, uh, I believe there's going to be some open doors with some government officials, with uh, some business owners. I believe that there's a favor that's being released upon you guys. It's It's been on you for a long time, but I feel like the volume is being increased. The opportunities are being increased. And that um, your comings and goings are have been noticed by the Lord. That uh, he knows what you do. He knows the time that you put in in prayer in the middle of the night. He knows the, the extra time that you put in um, in the word, the time that you uh, spend listening to messages, the time that you spend studying, the time that you spend preparing, the time that you spend making calls and doing all of those things. And I feel like the Lord is going to bless your household. And um, you have two sons and a daughter, three daughters. Oh, Jesus, I'll pray harder. Um, just kidding. Sorry. I just feel like there's just a blessing coming, um, even on your sons and daughters. And it's not something that they earned. It's something you earned. It's a generational blessing and they haven't always liked the church. This word is partly for them. They haven't always liked the church. And I'll just tell you that it's not easy being a PK. That's a pastor's kid for those of you that don't know. But there are great blessings and great favor that come in being in the house of the anointed. And some of those things they won't even realize for a few years. But God is going to open up doors for them that would not have been opened otherwise. I'm just going to tell you this quick story. A friend of mine, uh, who he's a pastor down in Southern Oregon, and uh, his daughter um, grew up, moved out of the house, got married, and declared to her parents that she hated the church. And that she didn't like growing up as a PK, and that it hurt her and all these other things, and her mom rebuked her and told her all this stuff that had been a blessing to her. Anyway, years pass. 
and the daughter was over and they were looking for a new house, her and her husband and their child. They went and looked at this house that the real estate agent found for them that was not in their budget, but thought they should look at it. It was almost $100,000 over their budget. And, the, and they, they asked their dad, the pastor, to come and look at the house. And he said, you need to pray for favor. She said, what are you talking about? He said, if you pray for favor, God will bless you. And so they prayed for favor. She was only half believing in the prayer. And the, the pastor dad said, I want you to call the real estate agent and offer them $100,000 less than what they're asking for the house. I want you to ask what's in your budget. She said, I can't do that. They won't take it. They already have a, a, an offer that's 20000 over what she's asking. He said, just trust God. Call them and tell them who you are and what you want to offer. They called and made the offer. When the real estate agent called the lady that had the house listed, she said, hey, this is Cassandra. Um, that, or the, the lady's name is Cassandra that's making the offer. She's Pastor Boyd's daughter. He, the lady said, oh, I know Pastor Boyd very well. Is this Cassie? She said, yes. And she told her what the offer was. And the lady that was selling the house said, 20 years ago I went to that church because I was given a cancer report that said that I only had months to live. And that night in the church, Cassie asked if she could pray for me at age eight. She prayed for her and she was totally healed. The lady said, I'll sign the papers tomorrow for her to buy the house for $100,000 less. I'm telling you that the same favor is going to be released upon your kids. They don't know it. They don't understand all of it. And I'm not, that, that's not any kind of knock against their understanding, but they're not going to understand the fullness of it until God reveals it. But I want to encourage you to keep telling your kids to trust the Lord because he has way more for them than what they realize. Has there been a great price paid? Absolutely. But an even greater price was paid by Jesus. So I bless this household right now in the name of Jesus. I bless their kids. I bless their someday grandkids. And I believe that because of what you guys have invested, that there is going to be a generational blessing for at least four generations because of what you've sown into the kingdom. So I bless this couple. I bless their lineage. I bless their comings and goings. And I thank you that even this year, there are going to be blessings that are going to come to their children that are going to seem like they're totally out of left field but we know where they're from. The return address has heaven on it. So we thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this family and in this church in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you have to go, bless you and uh, keep in touch, I guess. <laughs> if, if this is your first time visiting tonight, 
Um, we welcome you to come back. Wednesday nights, we gather at 7 o'clock for worship and prayer, and sometimes we do training, sometimes we end up on the floor. Well, that sounds weird. Sometimes some of the people end up on the floor because God's touching them. Um, <clears throat> but other times we get into the teaching, and then I feel like, hey, I actually got something accomplished. But it's better when he gets what he wants to accomplish, accomplished. So I'm happy with that. So Wednesday nights, um, also March 19th, if you're visiting and you don't know if you'll come back next week, but March 19th, we're going to have uh, a Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, ministry not ministry, ministry team come. There's going to be a, a guy from Australia and 20 of his students, so it's going to be like tonight, except for twice the number of students, which means we're really going to be in trouble because... It's, you're going to get whacked. Um, yeah, other than that, I'm going to put some music on. Fellowship, if you guys are here and you want a prophetic word and you didn't get one tonight, chase them down before they go out the door because they got to, oh. Single dip. Don't double dip. So so Jeff's, Jeff and his team, they got to go back down a couple hours drive. So be respectful. Um, let them give you a word. Have your phone ready. I want to encourage you to have your phone ready. They're going to come up here, line up front, and uh, just kind of come up and get your single dip. All right. Yeah. Okay. Man, I'm feeling really good right now. Okay. So I'll put some music on and we'll do that. So make sure you have your phone ready. Find that record device. Make an electronic memo. <laughs> <laughs> 